This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Here we go. Jake and Josh are here to analyze the game they love for the team they love. This is is another Dolphins Podcast. Here's your host, Jake Mendel and Josh Houts. Thank you for tuning in to another edition of another Dolphins Podcast. We are here to recap week 13 and Joshua Houts. May I dare ask you, my friend, would you like to celebrate a third straight Victory Monday? Always, man. Inject that stuff into my veins. I mean, this is what we're here for, right? I can't believe that we're sitting here talking about nine and three. We were talking about before we came on first time since 2001. So been two decades. You probably, you know, you're probably still like a little rug rat, Tommy Pickle style, uh, climbing up on your friends, using that uh, screwdriver you had in your diaper to get out of. (laughs) I'm going way downhill. You know what I'm saying? It's been a long, long, (laughs) it's been a long, long time, man. And we're finally uh, feeling pretty good right now. Nine and three. First in the AFC as of now, as we're doing this. I mean, we may as well say it now because I don't know if it'll last after that Jags game. But, dude, like you have at the bottom of the screen, man, victory Monday, and it feels so nice. What a unique scenario the Miami Dolphins are in. Nine and three, they are atop the entire conference. That first seed, Josh, you mentioned it at least for now, is in the hands of the Miami Dolphins, the fins of the Miami Dolphins. And with that, though, this conversation, it, it's going to get jinxed, and I'm going to go ahead and jinx it right away. That there's if the Jacksonville Jaguars beat the Cincinnati uh, Bengals, led by Josh, who's who's the quarterback of the Bengals? Can I put you on the spot for that one? Is it Jake Browning? Is that is nailed? That who it is? I, I re- absolutely nailed. Okay, it. if just the my head, Bengals <laughs> can go into Jacksonville with Jake Browning and defeat the Jaguars, then the Dolphins will maintain that number one seed and. What an unusual evening, Josh, because did you watch any of the Sunday night football game? I know that we're all here about to talk about the Dolphins, but the only reason the Dolphins, well, not the only reason, but the Dolphins are in first place because there was some brutal, brutal officiating there in that uh, the Chiefs game that really unraveled everything, let the Packers escape for a victory. If it sounds like I'm complaining, check your ears because I'm definitely not. No, yeah, I, I, I mean, if it happened to us, it, I mean, it has happened to us, right? Uh, we hate the it. Eagles it sucks, game. but this. It's like, hey, going yeah, on exactly. the road in the. De- Prime time. It's hard to do. 
Who'd have thought? Yeah, I spent a lot of money to go to that Eagles game, and they got jobbed out of that one. So, I mean, I see these other teams complaining, and I'm just sitting there kind of like, um, it's your turn now. But, yeah, they definitely um, had some very questionable calls there late, and it did lead to the Chiefs losing um, to Jordan Love and the Green Bay Packers. And that was something that, like you said, helped the Dolphins out. We're now first in the AFC. How long we'll stay up top there? We'll let we'll see what happens. But, um, man, it feels good to be a Dolphins fan right now. It is a great thing. To have Tyreek Hill on your football team, Miami's leading wide receiver went ballistic against the Commanders. Five receptions on seven targets, 157 yards, two touchdowns, highlighted by 60-yard touchdowns, 78-yard touchdowns. Josh, there are some scenarios where it's like a Barry Bonds hitting a baseball. It's, it's some things you just know what's about to happen. You hear the Jaws music, you know you're about to get eaten by a shark. If you see Tyree Kill running behind a defense, man, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Tua's going to find him, and it's going to be a long touchdown pass. I cannot believe how open he was against the Washington defense that apparently never knew how good Tyree Kill was at being fast. Yeah, and on that first touchdown, I mean, they were kind of beat. Um, they were beat at two spots, right? I think Devon Achan was lined up on the the right side at the top. He was lined up with a linebacker. The safety was kind of cheating over that way, and that left Tyreek Hill open, wide open on that little, you know, fade out of the slot, which we talked about in the last podcast about how the Dolphins were starting to do that more. How Tua, when he sees that one on one opportunity, he's not scared to take it. So, um, yeah, man, they came out first drive of the game. They unloaded. It was what seventy eight yarder, I think, that first one. Tua to Tyreek, and I mean. As soon, like you said, as soon as you see Tyreek get past that defender, you know it's coming. But as soon as you see Tua Tavolo, you know, cock that arm back and see him getting ready to unload, you know um, a big play is about to happen. And, I mean, you know, his first few seasons, we might have been sitting there holding our breath. But now it's just like, yo, this is sick. Like, we know something good's about to happen because um, he just turned that corner, him and Tyreek, as a duo that just cannot be stopped right now. Was it Cleveland, Jakeem Grant? Was it the Cleveland Browns that game? In, in uh at Hard Rock where Tua launched a deep ball and it just kind of bopped off his hands. Was it Cincy, Cleveland? It was one of the two, I thought. Someone in the AFC North. Yeah, I, I think. I know which one you're talking about. Everyone always used to bring that up when people would uh, discredit Tua's deep ball ability, but now they have all these other highlights they can use. I thought this game was so crazy because we hear the announcers, Josh, time and time again saying, oh, they're using this umbrella coverage. They're letting all the receivers run underneath, and they're making sure they don't let anyone get behind you. How was Tyree Kill able to get so wide open when there's this defense using umbrella coverage? And keep in mind, you have Jack Del Rio, who was fired last week by the Commandos. You have Ron Rivera coaching for his job of a 4-8 and eight football team, a team that has given up over 100 points in the matter of three weeks. How are you letting Tyree Kill get that open? Is it something as simple as it's Washington's defense just kind of saying like, oh, whoa, this guy's a lot faster than we thought? Or does it continue to be this Mike McDaniel system combined with uh, Tua knowing exactly where to put the football and simply put Tyree Kill knowing exactly where to go get the football? Yeah, I think it's a mix of both. And I mean, I don't want to sound so amateurish, but um, correct me if I'm wrong. Isn't their defense coordinator? Didn't he just get promoted? He's like 29 years old or something like the youngest in the league. I believe I read prior to this game. So, I mean, you have a guy that's going out there. He's super young, you know, just his first matchups against uh, Mike McDaniel's offense. I mean, you'd be crapping bricks, wouldn't you? But I mean, a lot of it has to do with the schematics, right? You can see the way um, the Dolphins utilize the motion and things like that to get the matchups that they want to get to a tongue of a low, you know, to see Tyree kill in those one-on-one coverages. We've seen Waddle in those situations too. So I think it's a little bit of the Dolphins just having those chess pieces that you honestly cannot be stopped. And then it probably has a lot to do with um, just that 
dismal, dismal Washington Commanders defense um, like we talked about. But um, we wanted this offense to have that get-right game, and this felt like that get-right game. It really was, man. And we were asking for it from the Jets last week. We just wanted that clean performance. We don't care if, well, for me at least, I don't want to speak for you. We didn't, I wouldn't care if it was like a 23-3 to victory. I just didn't want to see any turnovers. I wanted to see a clean performance from Tua, none of the silly throws. We saw absolute precision from Tua, this Miami Dolphins offense in general. I mean, you can just go down the list. I mean, receivers... Tyreek caught five of seven targets, 157 yards. Jalen Waddle was actually targeted more than Tyreek Hill. He caught eight, or excuse me, five of his eight targets. And there was one play. Last thing I want to do is hate when you win 45 to 15. But Josh, there was one play. Jalen Waddle was wide open over the middle of the field. And the reason I'm bringing that up is because this is a team that leads the league in points per game. And you want to hit your stride. It's post-Thanksgiving, Josh. We talked about it. The Miami Dolphins are officially 2-0 in the regular season. The season doesn't start till Thanksgiving ends. What is your thoughts when you see that this is a team that's still at times settling for field goals? They're still leaving points on the table. Uh, when they can be still putting up 45 points, scoring in every single quarter, uh, double digits in two of four of them? My first thing is, my God, how far did we come, right? I mean, we used to sit here and, and pray for days like this. I mean, 45-15 went over the commanders, and we're sitting here nitpicking. Of, uh, you know, it was a critical drop, right? And I think what was um, so disappointing about it was to some of a little, you know, eluded pressure rolled out, found, um, you know, a wide-open Jalen Waddle, And I know a lot of people were saying he might have hit Pater on that. I don't know. I don't have another angle of that play. But, I mean, that was one that you want to see your superstar playmaker like a Jalen Waddle make. So, um, I guess the biggest thing is we can sit here and say the Dolphins still haven't can we say they still haven't peaked? I mean, we see them put together these great games. We see two of uh, low went, what, 18 of 24, 280 touch, uh, yards, two touchdowns. The two were two Tyreek Hill, like we talked about. But um, I do feel like they still leave something out there and, you know, can still hit another gear, which, again, I guess we saw against the Denver Broncos. But, um, again, man, I just can't believe how far we come that we're sitting here talking about how Jalen Waddles drop. You know, it was – it sucked, but let's be honest, man, it didn't do anything to this game because the Dolphins just had that big of a lead and times are changing. And don't get me wrong here. This was a very impressive performance. The Miami Dolphins improved to four and three on the road. They're above 500 on top of the fact they're undefeated at home. And then Raheem Mostert, 11 carries, 43 yards and a touchdown. And back in the lineup, Devon Achan, 17 carries for 73 yards, two touchdowns. And on top of that, he took over Jeff Wilson's role as a receiver Four targets, three receptions for 30 yards. Josh, uh, ignore your fantasy team. How nice outside of that was it to see Devon Achan back on the field and have such a massive impact for this offense? Yeah, well, see, the good news is uh, when you're in so many fantasy leagues, you do have those Devon Achan, um, but I still ended up losing. So I think I got balanced out of the playoffs despite his awesome performance. But we were talking about it in the previous pod, the preview pod, about them eating a pizza. And let's be honest, man, I think Devon Achan got all of Jeff Wilson's pizza, maybe even a little bit of the pepperonis off of Raheem Mostert. So I don't know how much they'll, you know, use this um, ten, you know, this one-two punch, so to speak, because we didn't see any of Jeff Wilson. Did you mention the five? I think he was only on the field for like five uh, snaps. I wish I had that in front of me, but I mean, they did Four not carries, utilize him at all. But to see, yeah, to see Devon Achan come back, you know, you had some questions about his durability. I know I did, you know, can he hold up? He went out there and late in that game, he grinded things down. So um, I love to see it. Did Evan go into one fantasy league? And it does seem like the Dolphins have that superstar running back. I wish I had it in front of me, but you see everybody posting the stat, like in four games, he has like what, 600 plus scrimmage yards and Okay, hopefully you have it. That'd be wonderful. I, I don't have that, but I can hit you with uh, – he had 3.2 yards after contact. On top of that, I'll tell you, he forced three missed tackles. Uh, 
on 17 rushing attempts, he was stuffed once. Josh, I got to ask you, man, this dude's 5'10". Yes, he ran for over 1,000 yards in the SEC, but I mean, one week we're talking about how he's getting injured right away, like he's played four snaps, and then the next week, one play, some dude's bouncing off him. The next play, he's stiff-arming another guy into the turf, making him eat grass. Is Devon Achan injury prone and small or this five foot ten bowling ball from another dimension? Because we can't seem to figure it out. Don't well, we say kinda, both. I think we did. We pre, well, no, I think he's this guy from another dimension. I was gonna say pre-draft. I think we compared him to an Abra or Cadaver or an Alakazam or something where he could teleport around the field with that, you know, crazy speed. So I think he's more that player, but I mean, we have to be worried when you're that size that, you know, when you're running that hard between the tackles, that injuries are going to come up. Um, I looked it up. CK Parrott tweeted out running back Devon H. has been on the field for 137 plays. He directly accounts for 635 yards and nine touchdowns on 70 touches this season. So it's just incredible what he's done with so many limited touches. I mean, we talked about in our previous pod, you've talked about before, man. Do you start Devon HN in, you know, fantasy? I think you do. You have to because when he touches the football, good things happen. It will absolutely rip your hair out, though, when you look at Devon HN splits and how the Miami Dolphins offense is using him. I think 11 of his 20 touches came in the fourth quarter, and they were all garbage time touches. So you, you don't know. You can't say for sure if he would have been that guy out there in a close game. You assume so because he looked absolutely awesome. And Josh, this might really indicate the age difference between us. Um, when you were in school, specifically elementary school, did you guys make Flat Stanley? Was Flat Stanley a thing for you guys? I, I'm not sure what Flat Stanley is. It was like I should book, I should probably I, know. I don't. It was no, a book, no and it was just Stanley. this dude who was like flat, and we would make pen pals out of it. And and I should have looked this up a lot more. But this dude, Devon Achan, the way he can break through these holes, he is literally Flat Stanley. This dude is like paper. Thin, just because there were so many times you'd see him bouncing the ball outside and it looked like he'd get off the bus just like a stop too early and you're like well you're running into two guys there and all of a sudden he'd pop right between them man it was so impressive because Devon H is someone who really challenges your eyes he does things that you're really stuck wondering like what are you doing man what are you, why are you running in this direction all of a sudden it works and as someone who's sitting there watching in tv with this eagle eye view I can't imagine being someone trying to tackle this dude trying to figure out where he's gonna go I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Yeah, I think we joked before, and I know I have. I tweeted out, you know, this is Barry. I'm going to tell my kids this is Barry Sanders. And I mean, he does have some of that wiggle and that explosiveness. I mean, there's never going to be another Barry Sanders, but I'm fine with saying that he's um, Devon HN is the next Barry Sanders or Chris Johnson, like we heard so many people, you know, trying to make that correlation there. Um, I actually pulled it up. He is um, third right now for most rushing touchdowns by Miami Dolphins rookie in team history with seven to get past Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and Ron Davenport. He would need five more touchdowns on the ground, and then his nine total touchdowns is also third, where he would need four four total touchdowns then to surpass Ron Davenport. So um, Devon Achan, man, he's getting ready to make history, and I think he will get an opportunity down the stretch. What, we got five games left in the season. He seems like he's healthy, man. 
he was out there absolutely looking like a workhorse. But let's be honest, man, Raheem Mostert, right? He's, what, three away now from Ricky Williams? He would snap Ricky Williams' um, Miami Dolphins record. I mean, Raheem Mostert, he's man, right. the career he's having right now. Yeah, he's uh, he's um, the bell of the ball, I guess you'd say. Very well said, my friend. The Dolphins had nine drives for 45 points. That right there just speaks to how consistent, effective this offense was. And you had Mike White playing the majority of the fourth quarter. That just kind of hints at how awesome Devon Achan has been playing. Tyree Kill is in need of 519 receiving yards in five weeks in order to break 2,000 receiving yards on the year. Josh, I don't want to ask you if he's going to reach the 2,000 in the five weeks because I think we can all see him. I mean, he just put up 150 in basically a half. I think we could all see him reaching there. The question I want to pose to you is Tyreek Hill is one of the more socially aware people we know. I mean, he's calling out Liam Eikenberg, calling him Nancy Poplosi still on, on Twitter, which is the greatest thing ever. He has heard, there's no doubt in my mind, when he thinks about how Kelvin Johnson's receiving record happened in 16 games, that 17th game was just recently added. Tyree Kill needing 519 yards, three of Miami's next four games, I mean, four of the next five, the math's not too hard. Next games are at home. Do you think Hill does everything he can, McDaniel does everything he can to beat this, not in five games, but four, and able to say he did it in 16 to match it up there with Kelvin Johnson? You don't even know if you have to scheme him up, though, with the way they're going, right? I mean, they Till's getting his every single game. Tua's finding a way to get him. So um, I do like how you brought that up because every time I hear him say that he's going to hit 2,000, he's going to break Calvin Johnson's record. The first thing I come up with, the homer I am, I mean, I still come up and think, okay, well, we did add another game, and we have to make sure we bring that up. But um, I think we're both in agreement that he is going to snap that record, absolutely. Would love to see him do it in the next three games. And, I mean, with the way he's playing – you can't sit here and say it's out of the realm of possibility because he's playing out of his mind. Uh, NFL and CBS tweeted this out today. Tyreek Hill has uh, 1,481 yards. Every Cardinals, that's more than every Cardinals wide receiver, every Patriots wide receiver, every Giants wide receiver, every Jets wide receiver, and every Falcons wide receiver this season. So um, Tyreek Hill is pretty good. The Dolphins average 3.6 yards per carry on the ground. Something I thought was really interesting, man, and they might have done it a couple times last week in the 34-13 to 13 win over the Jets, but was it just me or did it seem like Tua was doing a lot of fakes where he was going to toss the ball behind him where nobody was even on that side of the field? I mean, I could be overreacting a little bit, but it seemed like there were not even like three, like five, six, seven times where he was ready to like pop it back behind him and there was nobody on that side of the field. Like it was obviously he was faking it and not confused. But that was something that I don't think we've seen it too, too much this year. Am I making things up? No, I mean, I I don't even, I wasn't paying, I did not see that. Joshua, the Dolphins didn't allow a single sack for, they're really putting things together here. You had Robert Hunt back in the lineup. He actually left the game, re-aggravated his hamstring injury. The hope, at least my hope, is that he isn't out too long. But I have to ask you, we have someone like Louis Riddick coming out and saying the Miami Dolphins have this mean, physical, nasty offensive line. And then you have Dan Orlovsky coming out and saying that Tua deserves MVP because he's doing everything behind an awful offensive line. So I want to ask you, my friend, does the Miami Dolphins offensive line, is, is it actually good? I think it is. I, I mean, I think what we've seen is good. I mean, I know Tua Tavaloa makes up for some of that, right, with his quick trigger, how quick they get the ball out, some of the route concepts and things like that. I mean, that's why the Dolphins offense, sometimes when the routes get thrown off, right, everything goes to crap because it is that rhythm offense, and they are so 
quick to get the ball out. But I think the offensive line has taken a massive step. Um, put whatever you want into pro football focus, but I think they had Austin Jackson and Liam Eikenberg only giving up maybe, what, one pressure this entire game combined or something like that. If that, I mean, those guys are playing great. So, again, credit to Butch Berry. And uh, I do think it's a little bit of both, but definitely I think that offensive line's playing well. So, um, Dan Orvlosky, you're right that Tua Tavalo deserves to be MVP, but um, saying he's playing behind an off offensive line, that would have been um, what the last, the previous years, then you could have said that for sure. I think that the Dolphins are doing a really good job of making us have the debate because we saw some PFF stats where they'd rank offensive lines in total, and the Dolphins were like a top 10 unit, Josh. So, would you say they're like a top 10 offensive line and I'll even give you the benefit of them at full strength. We'll say Isaiah when he was playing at his best. Would you consider that like a top 10 unit? Yeah. If everybody's healthy for sure. But I mean, I think, um, you know, I think it's more likely that they're not going to all be healthy at one point. Right. I mean, it's kind of based on what yeah. we saw, but I'd say they're, I'd say they're top 10 when everybody's healthy, Armstead healthy. Um, but they're probably right outside of that all homer aside, right? 12, maybe. Even if you wanted to debate like, all right, I, I think they'd be a top 10 unit when healthy, but they're maintaining the success. And I think a big part why is because I got to praise Steven Ross again. He got it right with his coaching staff, man. Uh, Mike McDaniel, Frank Smith, Butch Berry, all three of them deserve credit for this because the Dolphins are going to be in contract hell moving forward. They can't sign a bunch of offensive linemen. The only major free agent on that offensive line that they brought it on a big tag is Tron Armstead. They absolutely nailed the Connor Williams and switching him to center. But man, I, I think this offensive line, if you put another coaching staff in there, I think you're looking at what Sam Howell dealt with for most of yesterday. I, I think Butch Berry, I think Mike McDaniel deserves so much credit for making this offensive line just kind of float. And that's really all you need. You have Tyree Kill. You have Jalen Waddle. You have invested so much into this offense where there are going to be different situations where you need to cut corners. I think I'd actually lean a little more with Olofsky and say that the offensive line isn't great, maybe like 15 to 20-ish, but just the way McDaniel operates, the way he thinks, the way Tua thinks has been able to kind of push them into being a top 10 unit because you have Tyree Kill lifting all the ships you have Mike McDaniel lifting all the ships and that's not something we've had in Miami where you had Joe Philbin using his expertise to improve I I don't know cleanliness yeah Jake and you wonder how much and I'm kind of joking here but how much is it that a lot of these guys are in a contract year right we're seeing Austin Jackson play out of his mind right now contract year I saw a clip of him going around where uh the lineman yesterday tried to do a stunt to him and he just pushed a guy aside and got right onto another guy and that's just um that's just not the Austin Jackson we were comfortable with or saw the first few um, years of his career, but it's just awesome to see him now. But again, contract year, Connor Williams, contract year, Robert Hunt, contract year, Isaiah Wynn, I think they only signed him for one year, so that's a contract year, right? So um, I think we can sit here and say that um, Orvlosky's probably right because we've seen so much um, transition on the offensive line, so many different rotations. I think uh, the guy that does the stats for the Miami Dolphins came out today and said it might have been eight different units we've used now this season or something like that. Keon Smith was out there. And again, he played solid. So um, I, I don't know. I think if you're looking at just the names, you'd probably sit here and say the Dolphins offensive line isn't great. But I think those of us who have watched the games and have seen their growth over these last few years, have seen how good the offense is, um, can say that it might be a little bit of that. So I don't know, man, flip a coin. Let's take a little break here. And on the other side, we'll talk about a defense. Andrew Van Ginkle got a pick six. Can't wait to talk about it. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. 
It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Josh, I know we're not math guys here on another Dolphins podcast, but I got a simple mental math question here for you that I'd like to uh, get your thoughts on. And that's 91 plus 43. Does that equal or is it like close to 15? Because it it kind of felt like it on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, we already put Jalen Phillips in the ring of honor, so I don't know that we'll say anybody can replace him. But if anybody can come pretty close, I think it's the combination of Emmanuel Agba and Andrew Van Ginkle. I mean, Andrew Van Ginkle has been playing out of his mind. I think earlier in the year we talked about it when Jalen Phillips was out. We kind of even said, you know, we don't really need Jalen Phillips right now because of how good Andrew Van Ginkle looked. And, you know, we saw it in this game with him getting uh, more snaps. He did get, you know, 46 snaps in this one, five tackles, two quarterback hits. He had an interception, which um, he read that play, man. You know, he's watching the film and he saw that thing. He sniffed that thing out. Agba only played 16 snaps, but he still had that sack. And I feel like every time Agba's out there, he's kind of getting a sack. So um, do those two numbers add up? I mean, if we're sitting here and saying mathematically speaking, um, absolutely not. But when you're looking at the players on the field, but when you're looking at the players on the field, I can see where this combination can um, do enough to get us by and to to be the kind of player that Jalen Phillips was. I mean, Agba sets the edge, right? He's good against the run and can get to quarterback. And then Andrew Van Ginkle, we're seeing him pulling off Charles Harris-type spin moves out there, man. I mean, um, it's a beautiful sight to see. We are recording this on December 4th, 4.43 p.m. And Joshua Houts, I just got a tweet that it just lit up my face, and I would love to get your thoughts. However, the reason it lit off my face, it is not good news that caused it. Jerome Baker suffered a brutal, brutal, what it looked like, knee injury on Sunday uh, against Washington. It looked like Brandon Jones kind of fell into him as they were trying to stop Curtis Samuel. I think it was going to the end zone. Jerome Baker tweeted out that he will not be gone as long as you expect. But Joshua Houts' instant reaction, Adam Schefter is reporting that former 49ers first-round pick Ruben Foster is working out for the Miami Dolphins. It goes back to all the wide receivers. We now get the linebackers that you've been craving. How does it feel? I'm I in shock. I'm, I'm sitting here. The first thing I'm thinking of is how I got to go find that George Bush meme where they're like whispering in his ear and be like, the Dolphin, the Dolphins got, the Dolphins got Ruben Foster. I mean, I'm, I, I feel like he can be that guy that can come in and you know be a difference maker in the run game. Um, don't know how much he has left in the tank, but Mike McDaniel spent some time with him there in San Francisco. We've all been clamoring for him. I know I was at that draft sitting there after every pick, just hoping and praying and waiting for him to fall to the Dolphins. And then he, the, the Dolphins said, uh, "We'll take Charles Harrison instead," which. You know, I guess you can sit there and flip a coin with that, but 
Um, so they're working him out, or did they sign him? They're just working him out currently, right? Working, working him out. out. Be, that'll happen on Wednesday will be the workout. I was I was a little mad Shaq Leonard uh, signed with the Eagles. I was like, that would have been the perfect. But we have no cap money, and we're sitting here talking about how we need to pay everybody. So that would have never happened. But, dude, thank you. Every time we're on here, something good happens, at least uh, the Tyreek Hill thing. I'll never forget that. I'll be on my deathbed just remembering Jake's face and how excited we were. Schefter added that Miami linebacker Jerome Baker suffered an MCL injury Sunday and is now considered week to week at this point. David Long led the Dolphins. He had one tackle for a loss, eight total tackles, a quarterback hit. Duke Riley came in relief of Jerome Baker uh, when he left the game. He had eight tackles. I think he knocked down a pass. No, excuse me. He forced a fumble, I believe it was, that was recovered by Washington. But, man, what has it been like these last couple weeks? I mean, the Dolphins have suffered a handful of injuries. Javon Holland didn't play. Hence, Brandon Jones was in the lineup. Jerome Baker left the lineup. We all are still trying to figure out how, how you know, it sucks how much this team has lost with Jalen Phillips. Like, we are, we still don't know how much that's going to limit this team ceiling, losing someone that great. It seems like we're not ready to figure that out. I mean, you have guys week after week, Duke Riley. I mean, Andrew Van Ginkle we're talking about. Emmanuel Agba sack and, and, and two quarterback hits. There's a bunch of guys stepping up ready to make an impact on this defense. Yeah, Duke Riley looked awesome, right? I mean, I think before I said that he was kind of more of a special teams guy. I mean, I don't think he's ever really truly got that opportunity to shine. But I saw him, you know, making some plays. And I pointed to my wife who liked the Eagles. I'm like, there's your boy Duke Riley out there making plays. It seemed like he was waiting on his moment. Obviously, wasn't waiting for what happened with Jerome Baker to, you know, take place. I mean, you got to feel for Jerome Baker. He's playing some of his best football. Brandon Jones hustling just to make a play. Um, and it was just an unfortunate incident. But, um, yeah, man, Duke Riley really stepped up and impressed me late in those games. I think even Channing Tindall got out there a little bit, may have had a tackle, need to make sure I go out there. And if it's even just one tackle, Jake, I got to make sure I tweet that thing out if it's the only clip I show this week. But um, I think what you were getting at there is it's just nice to have a team where – you know, these aren't some big name players that you're asking to come in and play, but it's the next man up mentality and they're coming out there and they're doing their job. And um, it just feels like a different, you know, you hate to be corny, but different culture, right? Like it's a family mentality and no matter what happens, they're going to step up and, um, you know, take control of it for their brothers. Like we saw with Agba, you know, pointing at his, you know, doing the one five for Jalen Phillips. I mean, this team loves each other. So I'm intrigued to see what Duke Riley can do, but definitely need to bring some more depth in there as well. Terry McLaurin targeted three times. He didn't have a single re reception. That's called the Jalen Ramsey effect. Jahan Dotson, two receptions on five targets. That's called the Xavier Howard effect. Zach Sealer, a second half. Bradley Chubb had half a sack. What we're seeing, man, is that there is just this solidified group of, and I don't even want to discredit the other guys coming in, but you see guys who are so effectively and consistently doing their job where you can have these guys come in and just, have their ability to lean on them to punch people in the face. I mean, the fact you can have Andrew Van Ginkle out there button mashing is such an awesome thing for this defense because he is one of the smarter defenders that you'll find. Vic Vangio didn't want him back just so they could discuss hairstyles. Vic Vangio knew what he could do. And I'm curious to get your thoughts. Did you see any massive impact? Because we see JPP is someone who's going to get into the mix slowly and surely over time. We hear Vic Fangio kind of preaching that, that they're going to take it real slow with someone like JPP. And they're going to focus on using him in the nickel. One of the concerns with Jalen Phillips going out was, hey, can you be as flexible with Andrew Van Ginkle? After one game, after 
not the greatest Washington opponent, but I kind of want to say, yes, you can still use him as that linebacker in the nickel. And then also as that pass rusher off the edge. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, I don't, again, I don't want to say we're not seeing the Dolphins defense take a step back without Jalen Phillips out there, but um, Andrew Van Ginkle rose to the occasion. We saw again, Emmanuel Agua do the same thing. So um, I, I think it, like you said, after one game, we can see here and say that Andrew Van Ginkle can continue to do what he's done um, early in the season. And again, you got to give credit to Vic Fangio for, like you said, bringing him back, making sure he comes back. But um, we're sitting here talking about cap hell on the horizon. And now you got Andrew Van Ginkle proving that he, you know, is capable of being a starter. I mean, he's a guy that literally is changing games for the Miami Dolphins. So um, don't envy Chris Greer one bit. I mean, you already said um, we'll let you go and, you know, try to go to another team. And, and now he want, he's going to want more money, right? The last stat I have here, uh, pro football focus, since week nine, the Dolphins defense allows four yards per play, which is best in the league that started with the Kansas City game. Uh, Joshua, I mean, we see this defense really starting to take over. We saw a unit that uh, in years past, I, I go back to there was that game against Andrew Luck. I think it was 2013 where Deion Jordan could have had his coming out party and there was a play he could have sacked Andrew Luck and he just pushed him. And because he didn't realize how big of a quarterback he was and he was just going to knock him over. I mean, we see Zach Sealer, you know, trying to knock Sam Howell to the ground. We see these guys actually trying to obliterate opposing teams. I mean, what have you seen as this defense where, it sounds crazy to say, and I keep repeating it because it sounds crazy. You have an offense that put up 45 points. They put up 70 earlier this year. And this defense has taken every opportunity to steal the spotlight. And I think they're doing a pretty good damn job of it. Yeah, man. I mean, I'm glad you brought up Zach Sealer because I had to make sure we gave him his flowers because it just seemed like on every play, you know, he's relentless. And, you know, you ask what it has to do with, right? For him, it has to be him wrestling alligators and things like that. I mean, this guy literally plays football like a man that that wrestles alligators. I mean, he was all over the field. You can see why the Dolphins locked him up. I mean, everyone is doing their thing and playing their role, and you just have to um, love how it's all starting to come together. Bradley Chubb had a half sack in this game. Uh, Zach Sealer had one and a half. Emmanuel Agba had that sack. Um, and they held Sam Howell to what the lowest passing yards he was coming into this. He was leading the league. I think he had 120 passing yards in total. Um, we didn't get all the sacks we wanted. I think we wanted like six or seven or eight, but um, the Dolphins defense, man, I was going to ask you if you had to sit here and say which unit's better, the offense or the defense. I mean, when you're looking at the star power, I mean, my eyes immediately go to offense, right? Cause you have that fantasy mentality, but dude, this defense looks freaking elite right now. And we didn't even mention Cater Kohu got a shout out Brandon Jones. I mean, yes, Jerome Baker got hurt, but I think he played every snap in Javon Holland's absence. And um, again, the commanders didn't play great, but Terry McLaurin was a ghost. If you started him in fantasy, like uh, some nerd named Josh Houts, um, you might've regretted that one. Overall, an excellent performance from the Miami Dolphins. They went to Washington and nothing caught them off guard. I mean, this is a defensive front in Washington that didn't have a sack last week. The same was true this week. We saw from, I think the opening drive where Tua wanted to get the ball out of his hand quick. And then he realized there was nobody around him, which I thought was pretty funny where you saw him throughout the game realize, oh, I have more time in the pocket. I can really let plays develop. And it, it took him three plays to realize I can just launch one to Tyreek and they're not going to be ready for this for him to go up and, and catch that football. I mean, Josh, we kind of hit the nail on the head here a little bit, not necessarily in the, hey, we're geniuses. Washington sucks and Miami is good. But you look at, you know, Washington allowing 16 touchdowns from outside of the red zone. The Dolphins, both of their you know, passing touchdowns, Tyree kills 60 yards, 72 yards. This is a team that is very vulnerable when you're able to stretch out the field. All of Miami's other touchdowns that came from within the red zone, 
both the Devon Achans and Raheem Mostert's rushing touchdowns. Something to keep in mind if you'd like to place a couple bets on this team. Uh, the Washington defense, man, they are prone to giving up the big plays. And then on the other side, right, we kind of see Sam Howell as someone who's going to button mash the controller. It's that little kid playing Madden who's just going to throw it time and time again. But this Dolphins defense has allowed three touchdowns from outside the red zone. And we continue to see that stout, stout secondary be that calling card that this defense needs, even when Javon Holland isn't there. Before I wrap up, Josh, I wanted to take a minute and just kind of soak this all in. We got the Bills sitting at six and six, kind of throwing their fists in the air. They're kind of on the outside looking into the playoff hunt. The Miami Dolphins sit at nine and three. What is it? Four of the last five games at home. They are also undefeated at home. They are the only team in the AFC that is undefeated at this point, man. It's a great time to be a fan of the Miami Dolphins. It really is. And one thing I had to make sure I threw out there was two of time below was absolutely insane, right? On third down, I think he went eight of 10 pro football focus has 201 yards, two touchdowns, perfect 158.3 passer rating. So, um, you know, he doesn't have the strongest arm, but when he needed to be clutch, he made some um, damn big throws. So I had to make sure I shout that out there. But to your point, Jake, I mean, uh, like, man, nine and three right now. You mentioned the Bills are kind of they're fighting for their playoff lives, right? I did get a little queasy seeing Adam Beasley tweet out how, depending on how things fall, the Dolphins would need to beat the Bills in order to not play them in the playoffs because I would not want to play the Bills back-to-back, right? I mean, that good Lord, please. I'd rather much rather not see the Bills in there. But, um, dude, you got to feel really good if you're a Dolphins fan. I mean, what, we got the Titans on Monday Night Football. Followed by the Jets, the Cowboys on Christmas Eve. Um, I mean, that's going to be a tough matchup, but you might be, be you might beat the Titans. I mean, there's a very good chance they can beat the Titans. Then you beat the Jets, and then you just got to beat one of the what? Cowboys, Ravens, and Bills game to, you know, potentially lock up the AFC. Well, you probably would lock up the AFC East, and then maybe even a, a you know, home field av- advantage for some of that. I mean, um, it'll be interesting to see where this all unfolds. I think as of now, as of now, when recording this, the Dolphins are the number one seed. So um, we're king. We're king shit right now. No one can tell us uh, any different. And with that, Josh, too, there's some, uh, uh, I, I wouldn't say breaking news, but uh, you wrote about the, on the thin sider today that the Titans might be without a couple players. Yeah, Not well, let's just clear. Ahead, but... No, but I want to clear one thing up. Adam Schefter reported that Derrick Henry was on, uh, in concussion protocol. We all saw the hit. He looked like he had his lights, uh, you know, his bell rung. He is not in concussion protocol, according to Mike Rabel. So Adam Schefter, you, uh, you fooled me, man. I went made sure I went and updated that article because I don't want to spread fake news. But Jeffrey Simmons is out of this game. And as we all know, he's one of the best defense players in all of football. The Dolphins have been so good at running the ball, obviously, without Jeffrey Simmons there. Um, it will be a game changer. But he is out. And that was according to Ian Rappaport, which I have always preferred Ian Rappaport. But after being hoodwinked now by Adam Schefter and Merrick. Merrick told me to write the article. So um, hoodwinked by both of them. But Jeffrey Simmons is out. And that will be an absolute difference. 13-point favorites right now. Uh, does that seem about right for the Dolphins on Monday Night Football? And they have they worn the throwbacks just once so far? I think just once, right? I think so. They're, they're wearing them against the the, uh, the Cowboys. I know I know. I saw that. I'm pretty sure they're yeah. gonna, we got to do something, though. What if the Titans win? I don't even know why I'm speaking this into existence, but at some point I was going to make a bet that we'd have to drink that Will Levis uh, what coffee with the mayo if the Titans win, but I don't even want to make that bet. I don't even want to speak that into existence. I already did. Delete. I'm deleting this. I'm not even going to use this, Jake. <laughs> none of us None of this exists. Yeah, I, I think I like the 13-point the spread as of right now. Um, do, you, do you think Javon Holland's going to be someone who's out too, too long, or, or could you see him being back this week? 
Yeah, I think he'll be back this week. I mean, that's just me going based off of absolutely nothing. But the injury report did say knees, right? So um, maybe they view this game against the Titans as one where they can sit him out. But if you're Javon Holland, you want to get back out there. And, I mean, you want to be out there for this last these last five games. I mean, it's going to it's gonna change everything, right, man? I can't wait. This is awesome. You can't say based on nothing and then cite the injury report. You nailed that. I uh, I, I might be and I think there's four games. About- I think there's four games. I said five. What do you mean? Left in the season, right? We got Titans, Jets, Cowboys, Ravens. Oh, there's five games. Delete that. Never mind. No, um, we're leaving all. This is this is the this is the end of the show, man. This is all. This is everyone can get the backstage view of the Josh Rouse experience. Yeah, kids asked me for chocolate milk. I wouldn't have it any other earlier. way. No, would I'm, not I'm have it any other way. We're we're this way, and they're nine and three. So you can thank us for that. It's it's our vibes that are really pushing them forward. I'm trying to think if I had any other notes here. God, man, if the Jags lose on, on Monday Night Football, they have such an easy... Why aren't the Dolphins in the AFC South? I, I'm going to yell this at the top of my lungs to the end of existence. If the Dolphins were in the AFC South for the last 15 years, Ryan Tannehill would probably be in the Hall of Fame. I'm even going to throw that out there. Oh, man. Didn't they have a choice? Like, I thought they had a choice at one point. I mean, this goes Did way they? back. I don't know how... I'm Because... um. Yeah, because the Colts were also in the AFC East at one point. I think yep. when they moved over to the South, I think they might have had a choice, and the Dolphins were like, the, the, the divisions are all messed up. But, yeah, man, we would have had so many – we would have been hanging so many banners that weren't, you know, uh, free agency banners that we, uh, you know, signed Mike Wallace to a big contract. We would have had a, real banners to hang. I'm so happy video wasn't around then because we'd hear some, like, Don Shula being like, yeah, we don't want to be with the – schmuck Patriots, like we'll deal with the schmuck patriots we'll kick their ass for another 25 <laughs> something along those lines i don't think it was sure wrong until they started cheating yeah so they start start cheating then it all went downhill dude it's so great to have devon achan back it's so great to see this offense really figuring things out i still would love to see a third wide receiver get into the action but i mean when you have devon achan taking those four targets we saw julian hill catch two balls for 23 yards so overall man this is a miami dolphins offense that is looking great we've been asking for it for a couple weeks now that just perfect just complete performance where there's nothing left out on the table tyree killed to a tongue and the offense made sure of that but that is it. That is all the time we have today on this Victory Monday. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of another Dolphins podcast. We'll be back later this week. Merrick will be joining us to get us through the midweek hump and get ready for Monday Night Football against the Tennessee Titans. We will talk to you soon. But until then, Benzo. Benzo. Benzo.